Hey everybody, just wanted to take a few seconds of your time before the podcast starts. Just wanted to let you know about a passion project of mine for the last three years called Hustle Focused Energy. It's a powdered drink mix intended to help you focus and accomplish your goals. Super excited to bring this to market. Go check it out, hustletheday.com. And thank you so much for listening. On today's episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I have Amanda Katarzy. Amanda has a very interesting story, starting with MMA fighting to social work to political work to now a writer and business owner. Very fascinating conversation. You're going to want to listen to this. Let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited to have Amanda Katarzy here with me today. Amanda, why don't you jump in and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm Amanda Katarzy. Um, I just recently started my own business, um, born and raised in Florida. I love my pit bull and I love to write. Very cool. Yeah, you've got a knack for writing. You're, you know, you do a lot of copywriting now. Um, but there, your your whole story is just you know fascinating. And previous to this, you were doing social work. How is it that you got from social work to having a company that does copywriting and you know helping VAs and um, you know marketing strategy and podcast management, all these things? How do those two relate to each other? Sure, it's it's kind of a wild ride, but the very, very short version of it is I always wrote as a kid. I always found writing to be like my happy place and the one place that I was really allowed to express myself. Um, so it was, I, I still have journals from when I was like six years old in my closet right now. So um, it's something that I've always naturally gravitated towards. And then um, how I got into social work, I am a survivor of sex and labor trafficking, um, which happened in the States here. Um, And that's a super long story. We can get into that maybe another time. But um, because of that experience, I was really wanting to help people tell their story, uh, find their voice, um, and to experience freedom. So that really drove me to get into social work. And I did about 10 years of social work in a number of different fields. So I started off with helping adults with disabilities become independent. That translated into helping men who were in anger management programs pass the program um, and get through and graduate. Uh, And then next, I was into anti-sex trafficking, both in the States and internationally. So Tijuana, Burma, uh, Bangkok, uh, New Zealand. And then I transferred from that into helping kids in the foster care system who were victims of trafficking and uh, kids in DCF. And that was my last position. And then I just (laughs) quit that about um, four months ago is when I started my copywriting business. Okay. So has it always been something that you've wanted to do is to do writing full time? And this was just, you know, something you were passionate about, the social work that was helped to help make ends meet until you could have a full-time writing career? 
No, like I'm really, I was really passionate, like I said, about writing my whole life. And I think I, I actually think I mistranslated um, what that looked like professionally. So I think I thought that I want to help people tell their story. And I thought that that looked like being a social worker and walking alongside them through their journey when really it was more so about the actual writing part and the actual branding and, and helping people clarify who they are, kind of like the after work. So after someone's been through a rough time, they've got their story, they've got their healing, and now it's time to transition from being a survivor to being a leader. And, and I think I'd mistranslated that. Don't get me wrong, I love social work. I learned a lot a lot in social work about people and, and how they communicate. But now being on the other side of that, it's like, oh man, I, I completely misinterpreted that that call and that pull in my life. And I'm so glad now to have actually found it. And, and actually in all these positions, I entered into a role of marketing, of writing, managing the, the nonprofits, social media accounts, writing proposals. It was just a natural thing that I fell into. Um, in a position I would take in all the organizations I work with. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And you're still, you know, using that writing to help in the social work aspect as well, because, you know, you're out drafting legislation and, you know, you're, you're trying to help pass some of these things that are really passionate to you and mm-hmm. your purpose. And the, the writing can play along really well into that as well, can it? Oh, yeah, definitely. So right now, um, I'm working on a piece of legislation to help kids who are separated from their parents due to deportation. And those kids have no label when they come into foster care. So the state ends up paying out of pocket to support these children as federal funding is not allowed to be utilized in helping them. So it's costing the states quite a bit of money and these kids aren't getting the care they need. Uh, So I'm trying to write some legislation surrounding that to support the states and support the kids better. Um, I do have a piece of legislation that did pass and that is federal. um, And that was to aid uh, first response workers in getting training in sex trafficking so they could identify red flags and help survivors because they're usually the first point of contact for people who are in sex trafficking. So that passed a couple years ago. And uh, this is my next piece. So hopefully we can get it passed too. Yeah, that's great. And you know what, you, you've got a great story around that of, um, you know, basically the, what I think of the definition of hustle is, you know, you were out there making connections to make sure that this legislation happened. The one that you passed before you were just not taking no for an answer. Tell us a little bit about how that, that process happened. Yeah, I, I, my coworkers and I had this thing that either Amanda is going to be get a restraining order or she's going to be their best friend. It's like right there because I'm so aggressive <laughs> and I'm so persistent because like why my whole thing is like, why not? Why, why can't I ask? Why can't I ask for a meeting with this person? Why can't I write legislation? Why can't I counsel New Zealand government on their legislation surrounding prostitution? Like, why can't I? Someone's got to do it. So either it is or isn't. There's a 50-50 chance of they're going to say yes. That's pretty good odds. So I'm going to go for that. Um, and I just, I just think like that kind of mentality really set me up for success. So when I wrote this legislation or got this idea to write this legislation, um, the organization I was working for needed funding. 
and a lot of funding um, to do what we wanted to do. And so there were no grants written for this specific kind of work. So I'm like, well, let's just write a grant. Great. Like, why not? And let's just write some legislation. And they're like, you're crazy. And I'm like, watch me. So I literally Googled all the aides for the congressmen. I got meetings set up. We went to Washington, D.C. in the middle of a shutdown, mind you. Everybody told me it was going to fail because, oh, it's shut down. Nobody's there. No, it shut down. Everybody's still there. And they have nothing to do but meet with me. So I got into the room with a lot of congressmen and women and created this bipartisan bill with all of them in a day. Um, and then it was passed not too long after. So it just goes to show what showing up, knocking on the door, putting yourself in position to be successful, you know, will do for you. Wow. That is inspiring. Like that is just crazy. A lot of people just get in their own heads and get in their own way of, you know, trying to self-sabotage in a way. It's, it's crazy that we all do that. And you just said, you know what? screw it. I'm, I'm going to go do it. And you did. Yeah, it was, and it was really cool. I was definitely blessed in a lot of ways. <laughs> you know, like I, I keep ended up in these positions and I'm like, what in the world? Like I actually did it. Like it makes no sense at all, but cool, man. Like it's just a fun adventure when, when you look at life that way. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Didn't know that that's more power to you for doing that. I, I need to learn something from you in, in that regard for sure. Because I, I, like I said, I get in my own way. Um, but so you, you're just kind of this go getter that you won't take no for an answer. You had this plan to do all this writing, but you start your own business. It's definitely a different world than you were in before. What would you say, was your biggest failure in doing that? And what did you learn from that? So far, um, so far, I guess my biggest failure would be not knowing my worth and not charging my worth initially. So early, I have some clients, you know, early on, I agreed to work for them and man, I'm, I, they got the, they got the deal of the century. <laughs> <laughs> and so now moving forward, it's just really recognizing my value and not feeling guilty for charging it. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs and writers specifically shoot themselves in the foot because people are like, Oh, can you just write this for me? Like, it's not, it's not that difficult. Just write it for me. Five bucks. It's like what in the world, if it wasn't so difficult, then you could write it. There's a reason why you're asking me to write it and I need to make a living. So I'm going to charge you accordingly. So I think, yeah, I think that was a huge mistake in the beginning. And, and now it's just, it comes into play when I'm coaching a lot of people in writing and in creating content of, about their value and about what they have to offer. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you learned that lesson fairly quickly because, I mean, you're, you're still fresh in this journey, but mm-hmm. uh, that's, that is something that people do need to learn because you've got to be able to live and you can get work for cheap, sure, but it's cheap quality. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what, tell me a little bit more about uh, some of the other things you do outside of the, the copywriting. Um, well, in the business, uh, in my business, I end up managing a lot of podcasts, uh, which I really enjoy. And I've kind of found a little special section in my heart for podcasting and podcasters and, and helping them 
um, really get their message out there because there's a lot, as you know, there's a lot that goes into it. There's, there's more than just recording and talking, right? There's the production and the editing and the writing of the show notes and graphics and posting. And I mean, there's tons of stuff. Um, so that's something that I end up managing a lot of and brand clarifying and manage, managing brands and their direction, helping with marketing strategies. I'm doing a grant writing project for an adoption agency as well. So um, there's a lot of stuff I do. And I have a, uh, I have my book, my second edition of my journal coming out this fall um, with my buddy, Nate Payo. And then I also have a horror novel <laughs> coming out next month, nice. <laughs> which I hate horror. So it's so random. <laughs> but again, that just goes to show like I like to do stuff outside of what I think is my own normal to just kind of push my limits. And so I think it's pretty dang good. So yeah, I'm excited about that's... that. That's awesome. Like you said, just pushing yourself, you know, that, that makes a big difference in growing, but you kind of gave me a little PTSD there as you were talking about the, uh, all the steps of the podcast <laughs> production. Cause I do this all myself and it's like, Oh man, that is a lot of work. Like I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. And props to you for being able to pull that off. There's no way I'd be able to manage all that. So that's why I have a team. <laughs> <laughs> so good on you. <laughs> Sounds like we need to talk about that to to remove some of that from my plate because as you're naming it off, it's like, oh wow, yeah. So the question is, how is it that you decided to write a horror novel, given that that's not something you typically would do? Yeah. So something that I found consistently in working with survivors or people who had been in really traumatic situations is a lot of them turn to horror movies for coping um, because it normalizes horrible things for them. I'm not saying it's healthy. I'm just saying I found that the majority of the clients I worked with did really enjoy horror because of that. They could really relate to the main characters. And so I was like, well, that's super interesting. How could I utilize that weird little bent and, and use it for good and use it as a platform to talk about mental health and to talk about um, situations like that. And so I have a buddy who is like a horror, he loves horror like crazy. And I talked to him about, um, he, he had, I wrote him and I said, Hey, I feel like you have a story in your heart. And I feel like I should write it. So tell me what it is. And he was like, oh my gosh, like I do have a story. <laughs> and so I wrote it. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to come out. So that's how we did that. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. So it still is connected. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I see how the connection works and whatnot. But yeah, that that would be a little bit out of your wheelhouse and that's that's great you know help you grow as a writer and as mm -hmm. a person and all that so that's very yeah. cool look forward to seeing that i'm not a big horror person myself but <laughs> i know plenty of people who are so uh, i'll definitely be sure to pass that along to them <laughs> thanks <laughs> Um, yeah. So like, like we said, we were a little bit fresh into, you know, starting your own business, but what would you say has been a challenge that you never expected uh, in starting your own business? You know, I thought I was getting out of social work. 
coming into starting my own business. But I, my friend, um, Heather Parody said this too the other day. She's like, man, I thought I was getting out of social work and I actually just ended up doing the same thing. So it's kind of funny. I end up really coaching people about their voice and about their identity. Um, because as, as someone who's writing for them, I really have to be able to capture that in order to write content for them or create content for them. And I end up, uh, you know, basically doing therapy sessions in, in my client calls because it's, it's like, well, what do you really want to say? Well, what's really in your heart? Well, what's really pushing you to do this? And they're like, I don't know. And so we have to really like claw our way through all the different masks that they're wearing to find that true message, pull it out of them and create something that can really benefit them and their audience. So it's just, I did not expect that at all. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cut and dry. I'm going to offer you a service and we're good. But it's ended up being a lot more personal and a lot deeper than I anticipated, but I love it. And it, it just really, my whole work history before this has really set me up for success. Um, it makes me really fantastic at really grabbing people's voices and, and helping them discover what that sounds like. So that's been really okay. fun. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't, I, I'd forgotten the connection there with Heather having done social work as well. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that is interesting that that does uh, help you out and, you know, weaves in right, right there perfectly. But um, the, the funny thing is we all do put all those masks on. How is it that you managed to cut through those? Because I mean, I, I try and think of, you know, what the real me is. And it's like, do I even know anymore? And, you know, obviously I'm trying to, I've been discovering that over the last couple of years, but um, how is it that you can manage to get through it in a shorter amount of time? Well, I think because I've worn a lot of masks, I've, I've lived a lot of different versions of me um, in a lot of different crazy, random, horrible, awesome situations. So I recognize, I know what that feels like. I know what those symptoms look like. And so it's really easy for me to identify when, when I see a symptom of, of what's really going on at the root. Personally, um, I think as an individual, if you're trying to clarify and find your voice, you got to really pay attention to your emotions and you got to really pay attention to your time. So where do you end up spending the most of your time, not where do you think you're spending your time, but where are you actually spending your time? Um, and what does that say about where your heart is? And also really having a gauge on your emotions. So what moves you to tears? What moves you to action? What makes you angry? What makes you happy? You know, what makes you laugh? And really paying attention, where's, where's the similarities between all those things? And you're going to start getting closer and closer to that voice and that identity. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and you know what, you need to do that for your personal brand now, because I mean, to be able to make an impact in the marketplace now, you need to have that personal brand and you need to, you know, establish who you are, your authority, your, you know, expertise and why that, uh, why somebody should hire you. I mean, I've got a good friend who, um, he, his angle is LinkedIn, obviously, but uh, it's all about finding jobs, but it's all through personal branding, not sending out resumes, not, you know, going the traditional route. It's all about networking yourself and establishing yourself through LinkedIn. And what that's what you've got to do nowadays to 
you know, establish your personal brand. Yeah. My, my buddy Nate Pay always says your network is your net worth. Right. And, uh, he's a hundred percent correct. And that's probably who you're referencing, but <laughs> yeah, he like, that's a hundred percent true. Like even in my business, um, it's who I've known and all my success comes from my relationships. It's never come from necessarily presenting a resume. It's from relationship, relationship, relationship. Okay. And now I present something like now mm-hmm. that I have all these relationships surrounding that and creating that opportunity but relationships key. It's everything. And if, if you don't know who you are in your voice, it's going to show through your branding. It's going to show through your content. Like we innately as humans know when something isn't real, like we know when we're being sold to, we know that weird feeling when we walk onto the, the car lot, you know, it was like, Oh, it's just like not very pleasant. Right. And people can sense that innately and so it's so so important even if you're not trying to be something else like even if you're in the space where it's like I don't know who I am it's really important to figure that out but to also recognize too that you're going to evolve like so I've rebranded I've four months four months I've rebranded three times already because I'm feeling it out right and I'm evolving Mm -hmm. and I'm growing and giving yourself the space to do that is really really important yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll overlook the personal attack there because I am a reformed car salesman. But oh, uh, no. <laughs> keyword reformed. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> I totally get the get where you're coming from on that because you know what the the people that uh, um, I may have mentioned this before on the podcast, but the people that didn't care if they got a sale at all. They, you know, they didn't have a need for this job. They were just, you know, there to fill the time. Those were the ones that sold all the cars because mm-hmm. the people could feel it. They're just like, yeah, I'm not here to sell you. If you want it, you want it. And they want to do business with those people. Whereas the people who were more desperate, you know, they, they could sense it and they stepped away from it. So well, it's all about that root, right? Are you coming from a root of lack? Are you approaching someone out of fear of, oh my God, I need to get this sale? Or are you approaching them from a place of abundance and of love of, I'm here to serve you and meet whatever need that is. And, and I learned that through social work. Like, so I'd be out on the streets, walking around with hot pockets and condoms, giving them to women who are being prostituted and I would meet those needs first because they're usually hungry and they usually need protection. So I'd always meet that need first before asking for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, give value before you ask for value. And me building those relationships with those women, meeting their needs constantly, um, when they were ready and the time was right, I'd be like, let's go to rehab. They'd be awesome. They would trust me we'd be able to go. Um, but it takes seven to 10 points of contact in social work, in sales, in business, seven to 10 points of contact before you can actually close a deal. Um, and I think social work really taught me that early on and it's made me very successful now um, running my own business in sales and closing deals. So I'm super grateful for that on the streets training there. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I've never thought of the the connection again between social work and you know running a business and sales and all that and you know what you're just proving it over and over again but hey it's the truth for sure and you know i think of my limited experience with social work and i can see you know the connections there as well but 
uh, yeah, that's that's fascinating. But you know, most people don't think of think of it in that aspect of you know, like you mentioned, you know, the hot pop hot pockets and uh, condoms. Like that's just not what people think initially when they think of that situation. And so you obviously have been put in that situation where you can help those individuals and um, you need to kind of think out of the box of how you're going to help someone before you, you ask for anything. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's just recognizing the, what is happening in that moment and what is needed at that moment. And if you can see that bigger picture and really put yourself in that other person's shoes, you're going to be able to close deals. Even if it's not that moment right then, you're going to be able to curate that relationship to a point to when they want to make a deal, then you're there and you're going to be the first person they come to to make that deal because you've chosen to serve and meet maybe other needs or you've become a source of referrals, of great referrals. So like maybe they need tires. Maybe they don't need, you know, any sort of supplements or any sort of copywriting. Maybe they need some tires. Well, hey, I know a great tire guy. Let me refer you to him. So now they're going to trust me because my word was good about the tire guy. So maybe my word will be true about copywriting, you know? And when you right. create that kind of relationship, then you're seen as a valuable source. So it, it pays off to, to be a Swiss army knife <laughs> like I am. <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I've had those experiences where it's, you know, I'm just having a conversation with someone and they'll be like, who can I connect you with? And you know what, those are people that I instantly trust or, you know, as long as the people they refer to me are really as good as they say they are, or even half as good as they say they are, that builds an incredible trust. So mm -hmm. building that network is, is definitely an important aspect of any business. For sure. So what would you, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, what would you say is your personal definition of the word hustle? I mean, I immediately think of being consistent and not taking no for an answer, like tenacity. I immediately think of tenacity, just that like, in the gym, like that's day in, day out, the grind every single day, another rep, another set in business. It's another call, another deal, like another email, another zoom meeting. Like let's, let's like really build and keep like just chipping at it every single day. So I'd say hustle is tenacity and consistency combined. Awesome. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, you know, the definition has definitely changed over the last few years. It's not 24 seven, always grinding it's, but consistent action that adds up, you know, it's the compound effect and, you know, having that tenacity there too. That's awesome. That's the, I, it's the perfect answer. <laughs> Good. Yeah. No, doesn't exist for me. When someone tells me no, it's just like, Oh, I asked this question in the wrong way. That's immediately what I think when I hear no, I'm like, Oh, I missed, I misinterpreted what they needed. So all I got to do is really find out what they need and I'll get a yes. So yeah. that's, that's like hustle for me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Keep going until you get that. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. There you go. So kind of a new question I want to ask is uh, where is it that you do your best thinking? My best thinking is probably done on the treadmill. 
um, or on like a walk. So like going on a 45 minute power walk when I'm walking, like all these ideas, I'm usually listening to some sort of podcast, usually um, like Andy Frazella or um, Ed Milet or somebody like that, or now this podcast. Um, <laughs> and so I, I'm like getting ideas. Don't, don't put me on the same level as those two guys. Like, don't even put me <laughs> in the same conversation. I don't see why not. <laughs> um, so usually I'm listening to those podcasts and like getting initial ideas. And then like I go off into my own little world. So um, I've started to keep my phone with me and I make little notes in my phone as I walk um, or I'll start texting myself. So I'll text my own number. So it like texts me. And I start getting those uh, ideas documented for me to use. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad I'm not the only one that does that. I, so I have notes in my phone, but there's there's times where it's like, oh, I got to, sometimes they get lost in the notes. It's like, I got to have this top of mind. I'm going to text it to myself. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one that does that. So thank you for validating that. <laughs> no, I, I uh, developed that skill when I was uh, supervising visits between parents and children that have been separated. And so mm -hmm. they think I'm texting my buddy and not paying attention to what's going on, but really I'm texting notes about everything that's going on. So yeah. I, that's how I developed that skill. <laughs> the covert yeah, well, note taker. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, no, I, I agree with you in that I, I, when I'm like stuck and I'm needing to, you know, get out of my situation and think new thoughts or get, get creative, get in the flow zone or whatnot, I usually go for a walk and you know what I've same thing. I'll strap on a weighted vest to go, you know, go out on a walk. And then, uh, usually that's where the ideas start coming to me and I, you know, it's like, oh, maybe I just need to record this video real quick of a note of, you know, throw it out on social media and see if I'm in the yes. even, you know, in the in the right headspace here. And usually it goes over pretty well. So <laughs> well, because it's pure and it's genuine in that moment. Right. So right. a lot of people get caught up and I have to convince the majority of my clients. It doesn't always have to be branded. It doesn't always have to be edited. Stop it. It needs to be 50 percent edited and branded and pretty. And 50% needs to be you sweaty on your walk, you know, recording a live video of, hey, this thought just came to me. Because so many people can relate to that. I mean, right. so like that, I, I mean, I really encourage that. Throw up that video as soon as you get that inspiration for sure. Perfect. Yeah, that's very cool. So I don't want to take too much of your time because I know you've got to hop on another call here in a few minutes. But um, I, before I give you a chance to, you know, plug where people to find can best find you. Uh, what is it that excites you about the future personal or business? I'm just excited for the opportunity. Cause like right now the situation the world is in, there's so much opportunity to be had. So there's so much opportunity for leaders to rise up. There's so much opportunity for truth to really rise up in justice. There's so much opportunity to, for money to be made. There's so many areas. Like when we have, Situations like we do right now that are hard, it's, it's like the mother of invention, right? Necessity is the mother of invention. And every time something amazing has been invented, it's during a hard time or a hard moment. And so I am so excited to see the ingenuity and the beauty and the growth coming out of this season that everyone's in. And um, everyone's like, oh gosh, the pandemic. And like, yes, it's terrible. And you know, I'm not going to be flipping about that. But as soon as this started going down, I'm like, oh man, there's money to be made here. 
there's so much opportunity to serve. There's so many, op- so many problems all of a sudden, new problems to solve. And so that really gets me obviously really excited <laughs> because it's just, I'm, I'm so pumped to see how many people are going to come alive um, due to this season and due to, to where we're at as a world professionally and personally. And it's yeah. been a huge moment for me, right? So I started my business during a pandemic. Um, so that's been a huge, exciting moment for me as well. Oh, that that is so much. I I agree with all of that because there is a lot of opportunity right now, and you know what? There, you just got to look for it. This can be twenty twenty can be the worst year or the best year of your life. It's up to you. Yep, a hundred percent. Well, where can people best connect with you and find more information about you? Sure. So, like the place I'm most active is probably Instagram, and I'm um, Amanda Cat. No spaces, just all together. Um, on Instagram. So if you want to talk to me or hit me up or talk to me about services, I've got websites and stuff, but just, just find me <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> at Amanda cat. Okay. Well, I'll make sure to include that in the show description as well and make sure people can connect with you. But I want to say thank you for your time and the opportunity to be able to talk with you. It's been enlightening. I'm, I'm just super excited to dive into more things with you here in the future because uh, you know what? There's, there's a lot of connections that I didn't realize we had before. It's like, oh man, I need to talk to her more about this. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity and I apologize in advance for uh, hitting you up after this to talk more. But <laughs> No, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to serve. And even if I can't help you, I probably know somebody that can help you out. So it's, it's going to be beneficial no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. Well, uh, thank you again. And you know what? I know I've gotten a ton of value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten a ton of value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.